2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon. It's a, uh, one of the shortest, if not the shortest uh, book in the Bible, 26 verses, 25 verses. And so I want to encourage you with this, is that you take the opportunity to read the whole thing at some point. It'll take you less than five minutes. Uh, it's not very complicated, not very difficult, but at the same time, it is a very powerful book uh, for us to understand this idea of restoring and refreshing or having a restoring and refreshing faith. We're continuing our series on prayer, and I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. If you have not picked one of these up, you can go online. You can go to our website, churchofthreetrails.com. On the very homepage, you can download this. Uh, we've got more of these in stock here. If you haven't been praying, I want to encourage you to pick it up and pray. Uh, for this. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you with this, that I know we've been doing a focused day or focused time of prayer and fasting, uh, but one of the opportunities is this, that you don't have to stop, that you can create a, a, a habit, a ritual, a repetition of doing these things day in and day out. And so if you're a person who struggles with what do I pray for? How do I pray? How do I fast? Do I continue fasting and things like this? You can make this something that is just a repetitive thing that you begin to go, hey, God, I want to pray specifically for this stuff over my life, over our church and things like that. So this doesn't have to stop after 21 days just because we have the dates out here off to the side doesn't mean you can only do that at that time. So I want to encourage you. And, and I believe here... Hear me out when I say this. I believe wholeheartedly that in order for us as individuals to change or in order for our church to change, in order for our church to be more effective, in order to experience more or unlock God's power in our lives, that 21 days of prayer and fasting is great. I believe that's the beginning. As a matter of fact, they say it's 21 days to develop a habit. But what would happen if our church consistently live this out day in and day out over and over and over again, that you prayed these things specifically for us. So as you have your Bibles, turn to Philemon. I said that already. I believe this is a crucial moment in the history of our church, in the history of the church around the world. And I believe wholeheartedly that we can continue to pursue God in a great way in calling us and what he's calling all of us to be. And so while we look at this 21 days of prayer and fasting and go, this is a crucial moment, I believe it is an opportunity for us to step in, to step forward, to walk in the faith that God is calling us to do. So Philemon, there's only one chapter. So when I said four through seven, we're not talking about three chapters. This is three verses. All right, listen to verse four and following. He says, this is Paul writing to Philemon and he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Think about that. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. What Paul's saying is this, Philemon, you matter to me. I love you so much that I remember you in my prayers. I am praying for you, brother, that in everything you do, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. And listen to what he says. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, that means... Philemon, guess what? It's not just that I hear it from you. I hear about your faith from others. And so he says, point blank, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we pray 
today that you speak to us through the power of your word, that your spirit would guide us, that your spirit would convict us, that you would call us to repentance, that you would correct us, that you would rebuke us in any way, shape, or form, and that you would train us in righteousness, Lord, that we would not be afraid, that we would correctly handle the word of truth, and that, God, we would speak with great boldness and great love, sharing our faith and growing in that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Lord, we, 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 we have set out in a desire, and, and I, I said this, that my prayer to the Lord was going to be these three things over this year, and I stand by this. I, I want you to know that I'm praying this for you. I'm praying this for me. I'm praying this for my family, that God would strengthen us. There are three things here. They're going to pop up on the screen right as we do this, that God would strengthen us, each and every one of us, with his power through his spirit in our inner being. I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm saying. God, you have to work in us in order to see the change in us and as well to change our country, our community, and, and those around us. Number two, I'm saying that we would experience God's power together. Now, hear me out when I say this, and I wholeheartedly believe this, that God has abundant, miraculous, matchless power that 90%, if not 100% of us, oftentimes don't experience, and hear me out why I say this, because we try and do things in our own power. I believe wholeheartedly right now that in the midst of what's going on in our world, we still see Christians trying to, listen, operate under their own power and their own authority. Now, I'm going to clarify that in a very simple way. When you claim the name of Jesus and you walk into a certain place and say, Trump's my president and Jesus is my savior, let me be clear. Oftentimes our faith becomes in a political person rather than Jesus. And hear me out. There is a great divide going on right now that is being led by false statements and by Let's be, let's be honest, some crazy, controversial, what do you want to call them? Well, groups, um, just weird stuff out there of what's going on. And please hear me out. I understand there is a lot going on in the midst of our government and stuff, but we have to keep our eyes off of Satan and on Jesus. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that we have to understand this, that we can experience God's power. Listen, regardless of who's on the throne, as far as, as politics, regardless of who sits in the White House, regardless of who our mayor or our, our senators, or regardless of who our governors are, we can experience God's power together. I hope you hear me out on that. And the early believers understood that. They knew that because the Roman officials that were sitting in power were the very officials that they were against. And yet the believers got to experience God's power together so we can experience God's power. And that, listen, God will do more than we can ask or imagine. I got to take uh, some of the, the Baptist builders who were out here this week. I got to take them out to lunch. We were sitting there talking. And I want to brag on you, first of all, because one of them said, how have you been able as a church to accomplish so much with the building and yet at the same time do ministry when in, in a seven-year period? And all I said was, look, we've got people who have sacrificially given over the last seven years. And I want to brag on you for that. 
And I want you to understand how much that means to me and how I can brag on you and what you guys have helped accomplish in a great way. Because I believe, listen, we are just at the beginning. We're at the precipice, if you want to call it, of what God wants to do in and through three trails here in Independence. But we have to take our eyes, listen, off our circumstances and put our eyes on God because God can do more than we can ask or imagine. God is the one who builds our children's ministry. God is the one who's gonna grow our youth ministry. God is the one who's gonna grow the church. God is the one who's going to change our hearts and attitudes and actions towards those who don't believe. God is the one who is still on the throne even in the midst of a political crazy climate and what's going on. And listen, the book of Philemon is a letter from Paul And a lot of times we go, well, it's just to Philemon. No, it's also to the church that Philemon had meeting in his house. And so Paul writes this letter to this church that's meeting in Philemon's house, and it's all about this idea of forgiveness and restoration. It's this idea of restoring relationships and a refreshing faith. As a matter of fact, I want to ask you this question, point blank, whether it's you who are in person or people who are online. Don't you long for a faith that is refreshing? Do you long for that? Something that breathes life into you? Something that says, I can walk with joy regardless of what's going on. Something that puts a smile on your face and an extra beat in your heart or maybe an extra kick in your step or whatever it is that it is. Do you long for a refreshing faith? And what I would challenge you to say is this, that Paul is coming to Philemon and saying, Philemon, You are a person who gives me a freshness in my faith. You are a person who has restored a a, a joy that I get to do. And Paul writes this from, guess what? Prison. He's in prison and he writes this letter to Philemon. And listen, this letter has a lot to do with it. Onesimus is a slave or was a slave who had escaped from Philemon and runs into Paul. And as he runs into Paul, he comes to Jesus. He, he has a faith moment where he believes in Jesus. And yet there's this beautiful irony of, of understanding that he hasn't made it alone. He makes it to this big city. He finds himself under the direct personal influence of Paul, a prisoner. He's led to Jesus. As Paul leads this rebellious runaway to Jesus, he's now writing a letter back to Philemon explaining everything that's happened in Onesimus' life. And then calling on Philemon to say, listen, hey, as a result of your Christian character, I'm asking you to restore and to forgive Philemon and restore him as a brother because of everything's going on. And listen, here's, here's the beauty of this. There is something that takes place when somebody who is lost comes to Jesus, realizes what's going on, realizes his call, and he goes back and acknowledges this. And Paul, at the same time, is calling Philemon to a life that lives out the faith. And so here's what I want to do today. As, as Paul describes, or, or as he does this, he's describing the kind of person who would be about restoring relationships and having a refreshing faith. And so Paul begins this off with this thanksgiving and this prayer. And so if there was a specific prayer, and I want to ask this question, if there was a specific prayer that you could pray for other Jesus followers that would help them have a full understanding, or even for yourself, that would help them have a full understanding of everything that you have in Christ, that everything they have in Christ, if there was a prayer you could pray, 
that would help those people have a full understanding of everything they had in Christ. How many of you would say, I would pray that prayer every day, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to pray a prayer to say, man, Russell, I hope you have a full understanding of everything God has for you. Mike, I hope you have a full understanding of everything God has for you. Joe, I hope you have a full understanding of everything that God has for you. If you go around and you think about this, that when I pray this idea and when I have this idea, this prayer, that I begin to build upon that, and that's exactly what Paul does. Listen to what Paul says. I always thank my God as I remember you in my, what? Prayers. Do you know, you know what oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, what, you know what's always encouraging? Always. Is when I have somebody say, hey, pastor, man, I know there's a lot going on and I know you got a lot of going on and I know people come to you for a lot of things, but I want you to know that you're in my prayers every day. And I want you to know that I long for, I desire, I, I need those things. But I also want you to know that, guess what? Everybody in here needs those types of prayers. That each one of us needs somebody to pray for us. We need everybody to pray for us. We've, we've got things that we've got to deal with. We've got situations in our lives. But listen, Paul is saying this, I always, you know, there's a big statement. I always thank my God. I mean, think about this idea of always. Like, I try and think about always. What do I always do? I mean, there are things that I have to think about when I do this, but Paul is saying this, I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. Are you thankful for the people that are around you? Do you pray for those that are around you? See, if that's the case, you talked about praying that prayer. If that's the case, then you should be praying this prayer for them for every person you come into contact with, for every believer you know, that you should be praying this prayer specifically for them. That I pray, and look at, if you'll notice this week, what are we praying for? Church leadership, life group, Sunday school leaders, things like that, trails kids and their leadership, Ignite Youth and their leadership. Do you hear what's going on? We're asking you to pray for the very people that are serving within this church and praying for each other is one of the great benefits. It's one of the great encouragements. It's one of those things that all of us need, every one of us. And listen, here's, here's the great thing. When conflict arises, when struggle arises, when disagreement arises, guess what? When I pray for somebody, when I am honestly praying for them, there is a unity that takes place. There is a refreshment that takes place because we all gather around the gospel. Listen to what he says. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Here's what I want you to understand. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. A faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. Any faith worth having is a faith that always needs to be shared. And I'm not just talking about sharing the gospel. I'm talking about when you and I put our faith and trust in Jesus, that we are called to be sharers of the faith amongst the body. That together, the prayer that I talked about earlier, prayer number two, that together we get to experience God working in and through us. All of this plays out. So a faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. And so listen, I wanna give you this question, what kind of faith are we to have? What kind of faith are we to have? 
And I wanna answer that with three simple answers. Number one is this, a faith that is built on Christ alone. Nothing else, no one else, nothing else, nothing to add to that my faith is built on Christ and Christ alone. Because in Christ are all the riches and the glories and the blessings of God the Father in everything that we need. He is the answer to every prayer we could ever have. He is the answer to the sins and the sin problem we have. He is the answer to the conflict and the difficulties. And listen, Philemon's love is the love we all should desire to have. Or I mean, sorry, Paul's love for Philemon is the love we should all desire to have. Paul says this point blank. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. And then listen to what he says. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. So here's the beauty of how God works. And I, I think it's awesome. God takes sinful, broken men He reaches them with the gospel. He makes them a part of an imperfect, listen to me, an imperfect church. I hope you hear me out on this. Why? Because that means we still have our sins. We still have our personalities and our struggles and our difficulties and everything else. So he takes a sinful, broken man. He makes him part of an imperfect church with imperfect people. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of churches who say no perfect people allowed. And I think that's a great tagline. But I want you to understand, he takes imperfect people, puts them in imperfect church, and he says, go and reach more imperfect people. Yet somehow in our mind, the church goes, wait, I'm perfect now. So I can't relate with those people. And I don't understand what's going on when the reality should be, yes, you should be able to relate with those people because they're just like you. They just don't have faith in Jesus Christ. You and I were bought with a price. We were purchased. And it's a faith that is only built on Christ alone. And so when our faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone, we don't look at the circumstances that go on outside and go, oh my gosh, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And we walk around all, woe is me. But rather we go, God's still at work. God's still at the throne. God has something for me. And he has a desire for you and me as the church to continue to move forward in faith. So what kind of faith are we to have? It's a faith that's built on Christ alone. Again, listen to what he says. Because I hear about your faith in who? Politics, the Roman government, Pharaoh, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, temple worship. Nope. Philemon, I hear about it. I hear about your faith. I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus is the author of, And what? Perfecter of our faith. He's the very one who writes and perfects our faith. So our faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the one who wrote it. He is the one who controls it. He is the one who continues writing our stories. Matter of fact, I want you to think about this. He says, I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, and your love for all the saints. Listen, this is a reflection, if you can think of anything, this is a reflection of Matthew chapter 22. Somebody comes to Jesus and says, what's the first and greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? What's the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. Philemon is being encouraged by Paul to walk in obedience to what? The great commandment. And what Paul's saying is, Philemon, I see that you're walking in obedience to the great commandment. Why? Because 
everybody, I pray for you and I thank you because everybody's talking about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the other saints. So what kind of faith are we to have? We're to have a faith that's built on Christ alone. That's number one. Number two, what kind of faith are we to have? It's a faith that, listen, carries a love for the church. Now, please hear me out when I say this. I'm not talking a building. Carrying a love for the church means that I love the people within the church with all their flaws, with all their struggles, with all their difficulties, with all the discouragement that some may bring, with all the negativity and or all the positivity, a faith that carries love for the church. A matter of fact, there's a point in scripture when it says, do not partake of the Lord's Supper if you have what? A problem or a conflict or have offended another brother. Instead, what's it say? Go and make things right. Ask for forgiveness. Then approach the Lord with what? A clear heart. See, here's the beauty of Philemon. Onesimus, his slave, was wrong in running away. Now, for those people, it's not quite what we're talking about. Slavery, and I say the servitude at that point even was, was a whole nother ballgame. It's not what we even understand today, all right? But he was, or it was worse than what we understand today. Let me clarify that, sorry. It was worse than what, there, there was a large portion. Matter of fact, some books as I read this said up to about 60% of the world's population at this point in time operated in what we'll call slavery, indentured servitude and things like that. Well, Onesimus runs away from Philemon and he ends up running into to, to Paul in Rome, becomes a believer. And now Paul writes back to Philemon and says, hey, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to forgive and restore Onesimus back as a brother in Christ. So a faith that carries love for the church. Jesus, we talk about this consistently. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the cornerstone or the foundation for the church. And without Jesus, the church would not exist and we would have no hope. Matter of fact, he says it point blank, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, God says, I will build up my people. I will encourage my people. I will strengthen my people and the gates of hell cannot prevail against my people against my bride, against the ones I love. I hope you hear that out. It's a faith that carries love for the church and it is our responsibility to have a love for others in the church. It's our responsibility. So Paul says again, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus, number one, and your love for, listen, here's the great thing, all the saints, right? Not some, not a few, not the ones you like. I could get away with the ones I don't like. You know, that person annoys me. I'm not, I'm not gonna love that one, right? No, no, no. Paul says to Philemon, listen, we hear about your love for all the saints. It means everybody. And here's, here's the crazy thing. This is what I love about it. Think about this. In some way, shape, or form, I annoy some of you. And I know it. And guess what? Some of y'all knowing me. It's okay. But here's the beauty of the gospel. That in the midst of our flaws, 
our inadequacies, maybe at times a bad attitude, maybe at times a careless attitude, maybe at times an unloving attitude, guess what? We're all the body of Christ. (laughs) Y'all better figure this out. We got to figure this out down here. Because up there, when everything's perfected, you don't have a say. I don't have a say. But rather, it's a faith that carries a love for the church, that we love each other, that we carry each other's burdens. So think about this. Paul is telling Philemon, Philemon, I'm praying for you, brother. I pray for you, and I thank the Lord every day for you. And please hear me out. I want you to know that I pray for us as a church. I pray for you as a church, that I have a list. I I pray for you guys consistently. And I pray for your faith, and I pray for your love, that we can all come together, that we can all be united, that, that together a unified church moves forward to propel the gospel forward into darkness, Because we're talking about taking back enemy territory. This is what we said. When we pray and fast, we're talking about taking back enemy territory. And you can't do it by yourself. We can't do it alone. And we can't do it divided. So it's a faith that carries a love for each other, for the church. And then listen to what Paul says. This is how I want to wrap up. That we are called to give grace and forgiveness and things like that. But listen to what he says in verse 6. I pray that you may be what? Active, not passive, not come in and sit down and soak. Now, I I got the statement, sit, soak, and sour. In some way, shape, or form, somehow believers in the United States got this idea that it's all about coming to church, that I sit down and I get taught, and if I get to share the gospel, if I get to share the gospel, I will. Listen to what Paul says. No, 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 no. I pray, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, not passive, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Please hear me out when I say this. The third type of faith, what kind of faith do we have? We're to have a faith that is shared, That means it gives us a full understanding of the goodness of God. When you and I are not sharing our faith, we don't understand or have a full understanding of the goodness of God. Let me clarify in this. When I say, hey, we need to be sharing our faith, but then I say things like this, what is the biggest challenge to sharing your faith? Fear. Fear of what others are going to think. Okay, what's the next one? I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. I'm afraid they're gonna ask me a question that I'm not going to be able to answer. Fair? Is that an excuse though? No. See, a faith that is shared gives us, listen, a full understanding of the goodness of God. So there is this, what we'll call key. My kids were watching the Chronicles of Narnia yesterday. I think about this. There's this closet that God has that is full of his goodness that he wants to unleash. He wants to pour out. He wants to give to his people. And he's saying, here is the key to unlock the goodness or to understand or have a full understanding of the goodness of God. What is that key that helps us understand the goodness of God? 
sharing your faith. So I bust my key out called sharing the faith and I walk to the closet and when I share the faith, my faith, what Jesus has done in me, when I share the truth of the Bible, I unlock this closet, this door, and I open up the door to what? The goodness of God. The blessings of God. An active faith is a shared faith. A passive faith is in, no rea- in reality no faith at all. Because it's silent. An active faith, though, is a shared faith. And listen to what he says. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Here's why I'm asking you to be active in sharing your faith. Listen to what he says. So that... You will what? Somebody answer that. So that you will have a full understanding, right? Not a partial understanding, not some understanding, so that you will have a full understanding of the goodness or of every good thing we have in Christ. Listen to me. The reason we're able to experience the good things that God has for us is because Jesus gave it to us. That's why we go back to number one. What is a a faith that that we're to have? It's a faith that's built on Christ alone. And as a result of it being built on Christ alone, then I want to share it. And when I share it, listen, I have a full understanding of every good thing that I have in Jesus Christ. Every good thing we receive is as a result of Jesus giving it to us. And so my question is, and I've asked this before, do you place yourself in the place that God can bless you? Do you place this yourself in the place where I will say it this way, where you've unlocked the key by sharing your faith, or you've unlocked the closet with the key of sharing your faith, and you've opened the door allowing the goodness of God to be what? Poured out on you. When I share my faith with others then I open the closet doors to the good news or the goodness of God being poured out on me. And what Paul's saying is this. Hey, Philemon, man, I pray for you every day. And I am so proud of your faith. And I look at the love that you have for the saints and I think it's awesome. But I also want to encourage you that you need to be active in sharing your faith in order to experience the full goodness of everything that we have in Jesus Christ. And listen, this is my prayer. This should be your prayer, that we pray this for each other, that we all experience the goodness and the power of God poured out on our lives. And how can we do that? By taking out the key of actively sharing our faith putting it in the lock and opening the door. Listen, over the last couple weeks, I have been bombarded by videos, chaotic videos. And I'll be honest with you, of pastors who are calling for the end of the world, who are talking about martial law, who are talking about all kinds of things built upon, listen to me, hear me out, not built upon scripture. I hope you hear me out, point blank. Not built upon scripture. Built upon, I've had one shared with me by four different people, built upon outward sources. My sources in Washington, D.C. told me. All right, listen to me, hear me out. All of that has been perpetuated in a certain way by certain people that are walking, listen, in fear 
of what is going to happen as a result of a person or a group of people even coming into power. Now listen to me. This is a true-blooded patriot died on, died, willing to die and serve in my country. I want you to understand the allegiance that we have to Jesus first and foremost over crazy conspiracy theorist pastors who are calling out for crazy responses and reactions. Because the Bible is very clear that we are to be prepared, that we are to preach the word in season and out of season, that we should understand based upon 2 Timothy chapter 4, that there are people who are going to surround themselves, listen, with people who tickle their ears. That we know as 2 Timothy chapter 3 that there are going to be godless days. People are going to be treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of themselves rather than lovers of good. They're going to be against good and they're going to hate what's evil or they're going to love what's evil. All of those things play out. But I want you to understand this, that a faith that is shared gives us, listen, a full understanding of the goodness of God. So here's the promise, and, and I, I understand there is worry and there's trepidation, and there's things that come out, but I want you to think about this way. When I also share my faith, it's like getting a clear picture of what God is trying to do. I look at it this way. So when I was growing up, my grandparents lived in Montana. We'd go to their house. They didn't have cable. They lived out in the, kind of the country area. And my grandpa had off his deck, he had two two-by-fours that stuck out. And sitting on those two two-by-fours was this old school antenna. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like this antenna, like, I mean, just, it's a big one. I mean, it was bigger than me. And here's what would happen. We'd go to watch TV, usually a football game. Denver Broncos would come in on, a, on, on TV up there. And he'd be like, Brian, go out and, and I, you move it around. And I'll tell you when I get a good picture. Here's the problem. If you looked at that picture, it would be real grainy. And then I'd go run out on the deck and he'd open the window. And I'd be like, no, no, back, back. Okay, oh, turn it. Oh, you know, and we'd sit there and I would still get it as best we could. And we'd go in and it was super grainy. And you could make out the game and you could see and you knew what was going on, but it was super grainy. And having a faith that isn't being shared is like looking at TV and going, man, yeah, okay, that's really grainy. And when everything comes from outside, I begin to look and go, woo, man, I'm not for sure. And my picture becomes blurred. But when I share my faith and my faith is growing and it gives me a full understanding, it's like walking in to a, a house that has an 8K TV that's a 65-inch that's got great signal, and you're like, whoa, that looks like I'm sitting at the field. How do you get a picture so good? Well, I got a full understanding of all the technology that's out there, and so I get the greatest picture I can get. Do You see the picture that takes place? When we don't share our faith, our faith becomes this grainy thing, and when everything rises up, we begin to, oh, man, this picture isn't making sense. It's, it's kind of distorted. It's kind of blurry. But when I get the HD effect, when I get to go in what's going on and I have a faith that is shared and I begin to see the goodness of God and have a full understanding of that, now he begins to pour out and say, look, you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be fretful. These things are going to happen. Be prepared because it's going to happen. But listen to me. An act of faith is a shared faith. And so here's how I want to close, just in a very simple way. And I, I, I want to give you some, some things I want you to think about. But 
There are three ways you can share your faith. And most people are like, oh my gosh. Number one, you could talk about spiritual things. You realize that, right? Like, I mean, we get on some crazy conversations with all kinds of different people. But you could talk about spiritual things. You can ask them things like, what do you believe? What's gonna happen? And trust me, you're gonna get an earful. Especially when you tell them you're a believer or you're a pastor. Well, I'm a pastor. Oh, well, I wouldn't have told you everything I believe if I didn't know you're a pastor. I know that's why I don't start with that. Because then you won't listen to me, right? I can, I can, I can do that. I can ask what they can believe. I can challenge them and say, hey, have you ever thought about going to church? Have you ever looked into Jesus? Have you ever studied any of that? I can invite them to church. As a matter of fact, we got these great cards. I had Mike set them out later today. We got these great invite cards, and we hammered those suckers a couple of years ago, but I want to encourage you. You grab those invite cards, you stick them in your wallet, stick them in your car, you go out to eat, you can invite somebody to church, you can ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Your waitress, your, your waiter, whoever it is, can I pray for you? You can run into the person at Walmart and say, hey, you know, I don't know where you're at and what's going on, but we would love to have you come to church. We'd, we'll be praying for you. We had a guy come out here yesterday, a guy named Jeremy, come out and picked up all the metal from, from the stuff we're doing out here. And I, you know, he's talking to me about some of the surgeries he's getting ready to have and stuff. And I was like, man, I'll be praying for you. I said, you should come to church someday. We'd love to have you come to church. Well, maybe I'll do that. A faith that is shared gives us a full understanding, but that's not the only way. Number two, you could share your story. This is one of the great news. This is the greatest thing about the gospel. Nobody can deny what God has done in your life. Man, I was an addict and now I'm not. I was addicted to pornography, and now I don't. I, I, I was a sinner, and I was stuck in those ways, but now I'm not. God has redeemed me. He bought me. He purchased, purchased me from that. You and I can all do that. And then number three, we can live a life that others want. Not walking around in fear. We can love. We can serve. We can listen. We can share to those who are around us. And so... Here's what I want you to think about. When you and I share, we get to be a part of a story that God is writing in someone else's life. It may be a simple, small story or a simple, small part in the story of their life, but you and I get to be a part of it. Number two, when you share, your faith grows. An active faith is a shared faith, and your faith grows when you share. And number three, listen, you and I are reminded and we're given a full understanding of the goodness of God when we share. And here's how this works. When I share with someone who's lost, who's struggling, who's dealing with depression and anxiety, who may be stuck or trapped in, 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 in uh, addictions and, and things like that, who's looking at politics as the answer. When I see all of that take place, you and I are given an opportunity to partner together, to carry out an experience, to be reminded of what we have in Christ, and to look at their brokenness and think, this is what we think, man, I used to be right there. I used to be broken, fearful, worried, depressed, anxious, overwhelmed, chaotic, fearful. All of those things begin to play out. And we get to think and thank the Lord for everything that he's done in our life. So listen, when you share, 
It takes the act of faith and makes it, listen, the very thing that is, makes the faith in Jesus worth living for. I get to actively share and participate in what God's doing. And so here's what I said. As a matter of fact, this last week, we asked you to pray for our government. We asked you to pray for friends who need Jesus. We asked you to pray for a community to be transformed. But listen, none of that takes place without the boldness and faith of believers who will share their faith. And hear me out when I say this. Yes, it is the pastor's responsibility to lead the way, but it is everybody's responsibility that fills the pew. Every believer is called to be active in sharing their faith. It's just finding ways to do it and not being afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm praying for you. I pray, and this is my prayer again. I pray that you and I will grow in our faith because we're actively sharing it and will grow in our love for the saints in the church, all because of us actively sharing our faith. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift in your son, Jesus. We thank you for the fact that you have called us to actively share our faith. We thank you for the the lives that you are working on, in, and through around us. God, we know that you are working in us. As a matter of fact, as we talk about actively sharing our faith and we begin to pray, God, let the, would you just lay on our hearts people around us who are in desperate need of Jesus. Maybe their hope has been placed in other, other things and maybe they're overwhelmed by circumstances they face. God, would you let us be a people who have an active and sharing faith because a faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. God, send us out boldly knowing that you have called us to make disciples. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.